If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Word of Life study series, the Pentateuch. Here we are starting a new season and I'm really excited about this comprehensive study. I believe that it will provide an excellent foundation to your Christian faith. As we study the Pentateuch together, the first five books of the Bible, we see the origin and fall of mankind, blood covenant, the birth of a nation, deliverance and journey of a nation to their promised land, rich in typology, which makes this study particularly exciting is seeing how much Jesus has been foretold and revealed throughout the Old Covenant, announcing the gospel to us in advance. Throughout this season, we will dive into the dynamics of blood covenant in the Levitical priesthood, and I've made many references in these episodes from one of my favorite Bible school textbooks, The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread by Richard Booker. I highly recommend this book for a greater look into this all-important subject. There's an old saying, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Even though the Bible is thousands of years old, it still speaks to us today because human nature has not changed since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. God has not changed. His nature of holiness, righteousness, and love remains eternal and has great relevance in our lives today. And the devil has not changed in his schemes and tactics to deceive humanity. Only his packaging has changed and how he presents his same worn-out old temptations. 1 Corinthians 10.1 For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. 
their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. If I was to point out one aspect of this entire series of teaching that has the most impact upon our Christian faith and is the most misunderstood, it's blood covenant. Understanding the scarlet thread of blood covenant that is interwoven throughout the Bible is essential to understanding the awesome power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and our glorious redemption in Him. So what makes this reality of Christianity stand out far beyond all other religions of the world? That's right, blood covenant. This revelation knowledge will greatly impact your walk with the Lord. Acts 20.32 Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So why study the Old Testament? Let's examine the place and importance of the Old Testament in the Bible. The Old Covenant writings are just as much as inspired by the Holy Spirit as the New Testament. Romans 15.4 For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. The Structure of the Bible Let's briefly examine the arrangements of the books of the Bible as we find them today. We shall then turn to the Scriptures of Jesus' day and study the great story of their origin and preservation down through the ages. We will find here the answers to some of the most common questions about this very important portion of the Holy Scriptures. The Bible is actually a library of books, 66 in number. Its name, taken from the Greek tebibla, originally meant the books. When the term passed into Latin of the Middle Ages, it became singular in the form of bibla, or the book. The other writings could be known simply as the book. There is a silent tribute to the uniqueness of the Bible in the very simplicity of its title. Just as for Americans, the Constitution means only one document, although there are multitudes of constitutions. So for people, the world around the book means only one, although there are books almost without number. Now the 66 books of the Bible are of course divided into two great sections, known as the Old and New Testaments. The term testament here carries the sense of covenant or agreement. Until well into the Christian era, what we know as the Old Testament was referred to as the scriptures, or the law and the prophets. When the books of our New Testament were written and recognized, the title Old Covenant was applied to the scriptures of that day, New Covenant to the works of the apostles and their companions. There were approximately 40 different writers contributed to the formation of the Bible and their work took a period of about 15 centuries. From Moses to John the Revelator, men of every rank and station in life made their contributions. Princes, kings, priests, prophets, herdsmen, farm laborers, fishermen, tax collectors, physicians, lawyers, and teachers. Some wrote without knowing what any of the others had written. Many wrote with knowledge of only a meager portion of the rest. None wrote having at hand all the other books. Yet the whole 
compromises a unity of theme and purpose which can be accounted for only on the basis that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1.19 And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In reference to the Old Covenant law, we see some powerful references being made to the New Testament. Living words, what is superior, and you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. In Acts 7.38, he was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, and he received living words to pass on to us. Romans 2.18 If you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. The grand theme of the Bible is the story of redemption, conceived in the mind of God, accomplished through the obedient life of Jesus Christ, and conveyed by the work and will of the Holy Spirit. From the creation recorded in Genesis to the consummation or fulfillment described in Revelation, the whole grand scope of human life is described. The redemptive cross stands at the heart of the Bible. All the Old Testament and the bulk of the Gospels look forward to it. All of the New Testament, after the Gospels, looks back to it as the supreme basis of faith and confidence. The Order of the Books The order and the arrangement of the books of the Bible as we have them now is in part chronological and in part logical. That is, the order is largely historical in time sequence and at the same time an arrangement by type of material is provided. The first books of the Old Testament are in the main historical and carry the thread of narrative from creation to the return of Israel from captivity in Babylon. Traditionally, These 17 books are divided as follows. Number 1. The Pentateuch, known as the first five books of Moses or the Law. That would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The next section are the historical books, 12 in number. The period of tribal government, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Then comes the rise and fall of the monarchy, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Then the return from exile, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Following the historical books, whose record will provide the outline for most of this text, are placed the five books of wisdom and poetry. Most of these were written in, or related to, the closing part of the period covered by the historical books which preceded them, thus preserving something of a chronological order of arrangement. So the third section of wisdom and poetical books is comprised of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. The last 17 books of the Old Testament are known as the prophetical books and again are divided into two groups as follows. The major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Then the minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. 
Now, there's a similar pattern of arrangement that is found in the New Testament. So you have the historical books. The first five books are the historical narrative and basis of fact upon which the remainder is built. These are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you have the book of Acts, which records the beginning history of the early church. The following books of historical emphasis comes the epistles, commonly grouped into two major divisions. First is the epistles of Paul, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Then the second part are the general epistles, the book of Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude. The New Testament closes, as does the Old, with a book of which the primary emphasis is on prophecy and directed toward the future, the book of Revelation. Parallelisms of the Old and New Testaments It will be noticed that there is an interesting parallel in the arrangement of the books as they stand in our Old and New Testaments. For example, history, under the Old Testament, is the Pentateuch and the historical books. The New Testament are the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Then there's the second section, Interpretation and Application. In the Old Testament, it's the Poetical and Wisdom books. For the New Testament, is the Pauline Epistles and the General Epistles. And finally, the third component is Prophecy. Under the Old Testament, it's the Major Prophets and the Minor Prophets. In the New Testament, the Book of Revelation. It should also be noted that the relationship between the structures of the Old and New Testament is progressive as well as parallel. The New Testament builds upon the Old Testament. The prophecies of the Old Testament fulfilled in Christ Jesus becomes the histories of the New Testament. We have then a grand ascent through the ages from creation to the cross to the crown in another great Pentateuch or fivefold outline. Old Testament history, Old Testament interpretation, Old Testament prophecy. Then you come to New Testament history. New Testament Interpretation, and New Testament Prophecy. The nexus point, or the point of contact, is the redemptive life, teachings, and atoning death of Jesus Christ. The importance of the Old Testament cannot be overstated. For example, the scriptures used by Jesus and the apostles are what we now describe as the Old Testament. This fact alone should show the true importance of this portion of the Bible. The Old Testament can never be replaced by the New Testament. When Jesus said the scripture cannot be broken in John 10.35, and Paul asserted all scripture is given by inspiration of God in 2 Timothy 3.16, they were certifying the undying value of the Old and New Testaments. The authority of the Old Testament is more firmly established in the Bible than is the New. The basis upon which both the teaching of our Lord and the testimony of the apostles rests in the acknowledgement of the revelation of God in the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. We destroy the New Testament if we repudiate the Old. Therefore, the Old Testament serves as a foundation for the New Testament. A thoughtful Hindu was given the New Testament by a missionary friend. He read it carefully and came back to the missionary saying, Please give me the other half. Curious, the missionary asked him how he knew that there was another half. He replied, The first verse says that this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I need to know about David and Abraham. The thoughtful reader of the New Testament quickly senses its dependence upon the Old. For one thing, the authors of the New Testament wrote with minds and hearts saturated with the truths 
and even the very words of the Old Testament. Much of what they wrote is therefore a closed book to those who are ignorant of the scriptures, so familiar to their thought and so precious to their hearts. There are more than 250 direct quotations from the Old Testament to be found on the pages of the New Testament. Even more important are the vast number of references and those passages alluding that are not direct quotations, but which draw on the terminology and modes of thought and expression to be found in the Hebrew Scriptures. One scholar lists a total of 1,603 quotations, references, and passages alluding which link the New Testament with the Old. The book of Isaiah is the most frequently used Old Testament book, with a total of 308 New Testament references. Psalms runs a close second with 303 references. In the New Testament, Revelation makes more frequent references to the Old Testament with 574 references, more than one-third of the total number in the entire New Testament. The book of Acts contains 169, Luke 140, Matthew 135, Hebrews 115, and Romans 103. Only Philemon and the three epistles of John contain no Old Testament references. Of the Old Testament books, only Ruth, Ezra, Esther, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, and Lamentations are not referenced in the New Testament. However, all these were originally joined to the other books which are quoted. All of the New Testament writers assumed that God's dealings with mankind in the history of redemption form a continuous whole, out of which came both the Old and New Testaments. A new covenant implies an old covenant, to which it stands in relation as well as in contrast. Indeed, the idea of fulfillment of the Old Testament in the new means continuity with the past, as well as introduction of something new and better. Neither the Old Testament nor the new is fully understandable without the other. Both form two halves of a perfect whole. The Old Testament without the New is like a head without a body. In the Old Testament, the New is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old is revealed. I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life Study Series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The Scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.